Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. Um, I am James McSorley. I always pause there for some reason. I'm joined by Mark Schofield. Mark, how are you? It's going good, man. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. And if you have eyes and can read, you might also see that we're joined by a guest who has some news. So we're joined by a two-time Bench Units belt holder who is going to be the first in hopefully a series of um, transfer news that we have. Um, she is the co-founder of the Anti-Bench Units Dutch Mafia Task Force, along with Yelmer and Yelmer's dad. Um, she's also a future founder of a charity that matches spare wheels to players in need. And she is very shortly going to give us a suggestion or two for Mark's future baby name. Rose, how's it going? Good. <laughs> I didn't know I had to have baby names prepared. Uh, you didn't some, need to be prepared. It's, someone's not been listening. Yeah, Rose, don't worry about it. The best thing I can tell you about this is that it doesn't matter. The second best thing I can tell you about it is we asked Brian Bell um, in an episode that's coming out soon, and he genuinely put a load of thought into it. And I was like, this is so nice. You're so nice. <laughs> what a delightful man. Yeah. Okay, so... If you could give Mark a a boy's name, a girl's name, and ah, or just like um, girls, gays, and theys, whatever you want, like <laughs> you know, guys, gals, non-binary pals, whatever <laughs> you feel like. Boy name Yelmer Junior, girl <laughs> name Rose Junior. Well, that's about as inventive as your guys voting for who should get the belt on a weekly basis. So I, I'm not too surprised by that. I wish I could have put money on what you would have suggested. You think Yammer's <laughs> really sad that he's not going to get the ball enough uh, with Romo on the team now that he's <laughs> get the belt? Yeah, it's got, the segment's going to move from James being like, Romo should get 20 shots to James being like, Romo should get 20 shots so Yelmer can't have them. <laughs> Yeah, like that sounds like I'm like I'm that sounds like a slight on Romo. That's not even what I'm doing here. That's just like, hey, if you sign another four, like <laughs> all right, Rose. Another two form fours, because they also signed uh CJ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that one by the little bit busy, man. They've been like they got the two signings in before I think anyone else in Spain has got anybody that we're or at least that is public knowledge at this point, but yeah, Romo episode coming up, and I don't think either of us have ever spoken to CJ, so if we can rope him in, then that would also be great. CJ, if by any chance you're listening to this, feel free to hit us up. Um, so if either lead haven't signed a two and a female one by now, they probably should. Yeah, well, they got Robles. He's been, he's been there forever. Oh, yeah, and then he just randomly was like, hey, I shoot 80% from three sometimes. Here you go. <laughs> right. Speaking of transfer news, Rose, I believe you've come here to tell us something. Yes. Am I supposed to just? Uh, I'm going to Londale next year. So yeah, this is where we'd put the air horns in if we paid for them. That's close. I know. I had my awkward silence because I was waiting for a drum roll or something. <laughs> All right. Imagine if we. I think drumming on a table actually sounds terrible in a podcast. But yeah, yeah we're, congratulations. We're, We'll so, end the drum roll in. Congratulations on your on your news. You're joining the foremost professional wheelchair basketball club on earth. How does that feel? Good. That's kind of the thing I'm the most excited for is to go be part of something that's like 
so professional. I was going to say, are you excited to be looked after by your team? (laughs) I know they looking at flight options and I'm like, I'm going to have a direct flight to where I'm going (laughs) instead of three layovers. And one of them probably being 12 hours long in Dublin for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I say for no reason. It's like the east westernmost airport in Europe, apart exactly. from Shannon. But yeah. That's the most, that's the best reason to go there in and of itself. They're like, hey, we'll pay you nothing and you have to cover your own apartment, but it's a direct flight away. You're like, sign me up. <laughs> I'm in for that. <laughs> Eight hours of traveling versus 36. I'm in. Oh, God. Is 36 yeah. what it's taken you before to Grand Canary? Uh, yeah, I've had multiple times where I've, it's taken me about that long because they'll book me a plane ticket where I have like a 45 minute layover for an international connection and I miss my connecting flight because it's 45 minutes. Yeah, man, that's bad. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, seeing as you're speaking about Gran Canaria in such fond terms at this point, we'll look back a little bit over this past season and then over your kind of Gran Canaria tenure as a whole. So before we can get started on this season, there is an obligatory James gets as many minutes as he can handle to take a victory lap on the Copa del Rey final. So James, over to you. Uh my knees are still bruised from you wiping me out in the first quarter. No further comments. Uh, I'm fine. so sorry. No, it's all right. You got beaten up too. It's fine. That was literally just like you left me a load of space on the sideline and I was like, I either get a layup or I get one on Rose. It's fine. <laughs> like one of one of two. I was like, you're going to have to hit me here. I was like, yeah, one file's one file, but it's nice and early. But yeah, no. Nothing, nothing. As soon as you fell, my initial reaction was, Richie, is that you? Oh, God. Yeah. Except for, no, there was space for a chair there. That's the difference. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I hope Richie listens to this. Love you, man. Um, but yeah, um, no, I, I don't want to do that. Right. Well, that was going to be some minutes of material there. So we're going to have to make up ground. I don't think we'll have to. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll probably be all right. Um, so, yeah, Rose, obviously big season for you guys in the Grand Canaria between making the Copa del Rey final. Um, you guys finished third in the league. You won Euro Cup one in Hanover. And on top of that, yourself individually were one of the first people to ever win the belt twice in a weekend. So do you want to take us through the various highs and lows of your Grand Canaria season? Uh, yeah, I like, I think this year was kind of a little bit like felt like we fell short a couple of places. I mean, we lost four games this season and two of them were in overtime. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate to think how close we came to winning the league this year and just fell like a little bit short. Granted, one of those overtimes we went into because of the coolest play ever with Jorge Sanchez missing a free throw on purpose and Salazar picking it up and putting it back in. Oh, yeah, that actually working is insane. Yeah, I know. Especially them. I also think it's very funny that that worked because they talked to each other in Spanish, in a Spanish league, (laughs) so people couldn't understand because they were playing Albacete. Yeah, because they were playing the Brits and they were like, ah, they'll never catch on. 
that's that, fun. That, I, like I didn't know that happened, but that is so, especially considering all the Brit British guys in Albuquerque have been there for like three to five years minimum and like couldn't understand it. Oh no, no, they, they all speak enough Spanish that so they would have understood it. But it's just like if you if you're playing forty minutes. Yeah. in English and then someone's you're like oh. that happened to me like in Gran Canaria when I'd be speaking English to you guys and then someone would sub and on the rare occasion it wasn't me and I was on the court with a Spanish person I was like <laughs> what Claudio que pasa ah <laughs> uh, I love love Claudio the most but yeah yes what uh, an absolutely delightful man well, all these people you're saying are delightful but you seem perfectly happy to be getting away from them next year I don't, I don't think they were the problem. Also, I don't think there needs to be a problem to want to go and play for Landville is my thing. Like, it seems like one of these opportunities that you would want to just take advantage of because it's one of the few, like, historic teams in wheelchair basketball. Do you not think? Is that part yeah. of it? I mean, definitely. When I got, like, a call from them, I was like, oh, yeah, they I'm out. That's what I'm going to go do. Cause I think even like Lawndale is so historic that I remember like watching them when I was a kid. I don't think there's very many like wheelchair basketball teams that you can be like, yeah, when I was a kid, I was watching them. Like yeah. when I planned on coming over and playing abroad, I wanted to go play for Lawndale. That was the goal for me. So just kind of getting that opportunity and it just feels right. It feels like I was in Grand Canaria. I got to grow and learn a lot when I'm here. And now I got to get to like take a step more towards growth to go to a program that's super professional, has a lot of resources, great coaches, a lot of really great players. So I'm excited. It feels like I'm leveling up, taking a step in the right direction towards growth, Yeah, which is nice. Definitely. Because I had a couple of people ask me what you were going to do and one I was like I don't know and if like she hasn't told you I probably wouldn't and <laughs> and two it's like do you guys not talk all the time you're like yeah we talk a lot but just about stupid stuff <laughs> like but no and then I'd heard a rumor that Landil was uh, happening and I was like yeah that's for sure gonna happen like I, I couldn't see you saying no because I kind of thought you didn't seem like you were gonna stay put because I don't know I feel like you like moving around in my experience, like I'm surprised you stayed on the island for so long, although it is really I, nice. I mean, yeah, when I moved over here, my goal was to like come over here and like check off living in as many countries as I possibly could. But I got to the island and it just like it sucks you in. You could spend forever here. It's beautiful here. I like Konai a lot. I love my teammates. It's a fun team to play for. So it could have gotten stuck here forever. But sure. I think it would have been not like reaching my goal, even a life goal of just living in different countries in Europe and experiencing mainland Europe if I didn't move. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not bad. Cause I think there's a thing of like, sometimes if you have like a life goal and a basketball goal and they kind of don't run in the same direction, that can cause a bit of friction. But the fact that you can take a step up, in terms of club basketball and also kind of me achieving your personal stuff like that's that's quite cool that's not something a lot of people get to do like you see a lot of people come to a point where they make a choice between good life situation or good basketball situation but it's cool that you get to you get to take both off yeah the 
the tough part comes next when you want to live in more countries in Europe, but you have to leave Landil to make that happen. <laughs> You're like, well, this is going to suck. I know, as I was explaining that, I was thinking, like, I went from one place where I could see myself staying forever to another place that probably would is going to suck me in and make me want to stay there forever. Yeah, they'll have to be, you'll just have to stay at Landil until the rest of the wheelchair basketball world has leveled up to be like that level of professional and moving somewhere else isn't a big deal. But I think there's no clubs on earth that meet that criteria right now. I always wonder when people leave Landil, are they like, what is happening here? Will they go to another club? Like, what do you mean you won't do this for me? I know it's not just all doing stuff for you, but like when you see there's like eight people pushing people's chairs into sports halls and stuff, you're like, wow, this is great. Yeah. Right. Shall we, I guess to wrap your Grand Canaria stuff, Rose, you obviously said about how you felt like the time was kind of coming to move on and whatever. Do you think you're, you've obviously been in kind of two iterations of Grand Canaria. There was the, the James and Mendel unit of the last couple of years and then there was the Salazar Luigi unit this year do you think the Grand Canaria group had kind of hit their ceiling at this point um is that did that play into your decision to move on or was this entirely just a personal thing of hey I want to go and play for this team uh no I don't think we hit our ceiling I also think like we play in a league that like it's it's almost kind of like randomized like you have to it's such a competitive league that you have to like stay in it for a long time and take a lot of shots at winning titles and cups and all of that so I mean I think like if we could have kept the same group together we would have kept getting better kept like strengthening our chances of winning within the Spanish league it's just so hard to win in the Spanish league that even if you have like a great team that you think has tons of potential, has really high ceiling, is close to that, but could keep getting better. It's hard to know if you could possibly win it or not here. But yeah, no, I, it was definitely just a personal decision, like wanting to go play for a team like Londell. Sure. So we'll look at your... Grand Canaria tenure, kind of the whole three years in a second, but we've got a question in from Ari, who I believe you know. Um, Never heard of her. <laughs> who says, do you have a highlight of the season for yourself and or the team? I think he's digging for a compliment here, is my read on this question. Highlight was oh. moving out. <laughs> <laughs> Not living in Messe Lopez anymore. <laughs> Oh, Rose, you'll like this without saying any names. I, I've heard of someone who's already kind of on the on the way to Grand Canaria, and I approached them the last time I saw them and was like, "Hey, I'm just making sure. Have they told you where you're going to live yet? And is it in this place?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, good. You'll have a great time. <laughs> no problem." <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm going to be vague about that, obviously, because that's not my business. But I had heard it, and I was like, "Hey, I heard you're going to this place," and they were like, "Yeah," and I was like are you living in this place? And they were like, no. I was like, good. Have a nice time. <laughs> I felt it was my civic duty to be like, hey, if you're going to be put in there, you need to bring these eight things with you. But yeah, sorry. Go on. That is funny. Uh, my favorite moment from this year. 
Hmm. I mean, winning Euro Cup one was a lot of fun. I don't know. That's a hard question. That's I, I wonder if he my favorite game this year was definitely, of course, watching uh our little lineup without any of us USA players beat Valid to lead this year. That was fun to watch. Oh, nice. The Valladolid slander is carrying on on the podcast even after the season's ended. <laughs> after season it wasn't. <laughs> well, he wouldn't have been there for that game either, I guess. <laughs> That's irrelevant. That's a good point. No, but I wonder if we can get him to trash talk his new team. <laughs> oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That, oh, we should do, we should do that as a segment. We'll throw that in at the end if we have time. Rose, get trash talk about Landil ready to go just in case. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, you mentioned when um, you said about kind of what you'd hoped for when you moved over here. You said that you kind of wanted to grow and see what came next. Do you think you got what you were looking for out of your Spanish league experience over the last few years in terms of like personal development experience and the diff- the differences in the league and all that stuff? Yeah, for sure. I actually like don't know if I had like a strong expectation for coming over here, I guess it was just like hoping that I could keep up and like be an adequate piece of a team and that coming over here and like feeling that has been really great. I think I got very lucky, like joining a team, finding a role on that team. Like Jorge Sanchez was a really good player for me to kind of compliment off of and just feel very lucky. And then even like, like personal development over the way that teams have played me over the last three years and the way that's forced me to like become a better offensive threat or attempt to, and on defense become stronger. is, I think also very nice. Definitely have been very grateful for the experience that I've gotten to have here in Spain. Has it translated over to the women's game and helped you? Do you think? Uh. Yes, I think now that like our women's team is a little bit more of you can play basketball in a free way, it's helped. Sure. Um, what you say you had to develop in terms of like people reacting differently to you after you'd been in the league a certain amount of time was that that like a nice ability to go into Euro Cup and just play the hits when every team you played there acted as if they'd never seen you before and just sat in and let you shoot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's always fun. There's definitely like more of the fun style of basketball to just catch and shoot behind a screen and to get to talk shit about it. <laughs> I still Do you enjoy watching teams have like the sort of light bulb moment of like, oh no, we can't do this. Like, <laughs> it is kind of fun to see the shock on people's faces when you like first pull the shot at distance and then make the shot. Like when we were playing the Austrian team, I was sitting at just sitting at like 16 feet and the guy sagged off like four feet from me and Jorge passed me the ball. And it was just a one-on-one matchup and Jorge passed me the ball and I just caught and shot in the look on his face (laughs) of just being shocked that I put it up and then see it go in was like, I, I I do always think you can kind of tell something about someone's threat as a shooter, even if you haven't seen them shoot by like, 
they catch and shoot the first one without even thinking about it, whether it goes in or not. You're like, oh, no. I just remember, I can't remember who it was, but very first time we played someone in the Spanish league, someone caught and shot the ball before I'd even like looked at them. And I was like, I don't know if this guy's any good. I was like, yep. Yeah, this guy's great. This guy's great. He has to be if he's going to do that. Yeah, and no one on his team was like, what are you doing, man? Start, like, move the ball a bit first. I was like, oh, okay. If his teammates give him license, he's probably he's probably fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like confidence in taking. And there's also like definitely a thing where if someone makes their first shot cleanly enough, you're like, okay, that wasn't a fluke. Yeah. I can't really describe that because you would have to describe like how the net moves to be able to like quantify that and i'm definitely not going to try and do that on the podcast but like it definitely is a thing if someone like shoots one and you're not expecting it and it rattles you're like eh, maybe like we'll give them that again and see what happens there's if it's a swish it's like okay yeah this guy knew what he was doing and i didn't this person <laughs> meant it yeah um but yeah the watching the euro cup one was just like I think game one, you guys played Hanover and they didn't jump you. And I, this was after Jan Haller had come on here and been like, I love how Gran Canaria play. I've spent loads of time watching them. <laughs> and it was like, well, you haven't. Because like everybody who plays Rose week in and week out is like just jumper and play really physical and see if that makes her life more difficult than catching and shooting. Um, but I do think that was the case. So you take it out, but have me being like, come on, stay left in. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was, so in terms of that, that was obviously teams that only got to play you over a weekend. How has the way that Spanish teams play against you changed over the three seasons? Uh, I mean, definitely the same. Like when I first came here, I I spent like a season not getting jumped and just catching and shooting wide open all the time. And then once I proved to be a shooter, then I started to slowly get jumped and then once they like then it started to be like getting jumped very very quickly and teams being very very physical with me and having to like drive and create and try to be strong more did like did different teams approaches to how they defend you change like your focus when you were training at all like did you start working a bit more on different aspect of your game when you realized that you weren't just going to be allowed to catch and shoot at 16 feet. <laughs> I mean, I'm asking um, you the question. I trained with you for two years, but like no one else knows. Yeah. Uh, it's actually funny. Like there was a stage there when I was catching and shooting where I would get the ball, like just all over the place and have to like bring it in center, shoot really quickly. So I like in the weight room had like drills for it where I would like bring a medicine ball and come up and try to like recenter or like get crazy passes when I was doing form shooting. But I mean, like in practices definitely changed. I mean, individual training with shooting. I'm very like, I'm going to do the same thing every time I've done the same thing every time, every time I go into the gym for the last, I mean, you know how it is to shoot with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But in terms of like definitely practices, they, I don't, I get jumped all the time now in trainings and just focus on driving, driving, driving and never focus on shooting. Sure. Okay. Nice. Last question on the Spanish portion before we get to the 
kind of the news of the day. In your time in Spain, is there anyone, player, team, coach, who your opinion on has changed dramatically? Hmm. Maybe they someone used to think Gary was good. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Harry. He used to think, you know, he's going to listen to this one. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. I would never say anyone who listens to this knows that I wouldn't ever say anything horrible about something that I about someone that I meant. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I mean, this year, David Maurice has become, as Ben Chuzit knows, the best player in the world. Yeah. Like we we're kind of laughing as we say this every week that we come on, but like it's been a fairly sustained run at this point of like unbelievable stuff from a two five. Like it's completely I'm, insane. Like I I don't know the history of wheelchair basketball hasn't been recorded well enough, but like very few four month periods from a two five have been as good as this. Like there are a few for sure, but very few. even like. Could you string together like three minutes of basketball where another two five in the world has been efficient as him at given three minutes of basketball at a time? Like Jake Williams. I was gonna say there's a, there's a couple of Jake runs. There's probably some like John Pollock back in the day, like maybe some, maybe some of the Americans, early two thousands. And I'm forgetting like, for sure. Also a two five just minutes. won MVP at Worlds. Like <laughs> I mean Paris. But yeah, insane. Like just the fact that there have been games that he's been like, don't worry, come with me. I'm gonna win this from the three point line. Like, not many people get to do that in the wheelchair basketball game. Definitely not as a two five. It's completely insane. This is an aside from what, what we're here to talk about, but I'm really excited for next year when Asia is back at Bilbao and he's likely to be get back on the block or in the corner over there. <laughs> Enough of this getting these threes up. That's why I'm here now. This is my job now. People are going to be watching that as like a sociological study. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll work. That's my call. It'll work. I'm sure it'll be fine. Right. Um, Shall we get on to the reason you're here, Rose? And we'll talk about the Landil stuff in some detail. The reason you're here, making fun of Ari, apparently. <laughs> okay, so you're going to Landil, and I'm sure you've had a couple of messages or phone calls over the last couple of years from different teams, um, and you've finally decided to take the plunge. Why now, and why this one? Um, well, now is more, I just like decided it's time. I mean, here in the island, like I said, it's easy to get stuck where this year was the first year where I was really looking to try to go somewhere else, actually talking to teams, like just felt like with COVID, I think the last two years were kind of blended together that this was actually my first full and complete season with the team here. Sure. Yeah. Even though last year we had a pretty complete year. Yeah, but it was weird though. It was COVID testing and masks and restrictions and didn't feel yeah. like a full, a full run of it, did it? And then, I don't know. I, I It was like the first year that a team, I guess, I was still on the fence. Like once I kind of got down to it, I was thinking like, I'll probably end up staying on the island. I love it here. It's a really great place. But then once Londil called me, I was like, oh, you don't say no to Londil. 
No, we've had more than one person say that. Yeah. That seems true. Yeah, well, surely they know that. Why don't they just offer a minimum contract to everybody? <laughs> There'll be no players left anywhere. Because everyone will be like, yeah, sign me up. Because they take it seriously. Um, so Come on, Mark. <laughs> you're, you're completely within your rights to not disclose this uh, if you don't want to, Rose. But in terms of the last couple of off-seasons or whatever, have you got had any offers in from other teams um, that you have turned down to stay in Gran Canaria? And do you look back at any of them, if so, and be like, hey, that would have been fun? Uh, I actually haven't had that many offers until this year. Oh, really? That's bizarre. I, did... I mean... I guess I go ahead. I'll have like teams reach out to me, but I guess it's probably because I haven't been interested in leaving until this year. Yeah. I did wonder when I was writing this question, if there was like a weird, um, a weird split between the teams who might be looking at signing you and it would be like entirely split into teams being like, Hey, she's not even that good. We don't even bother jumping her. And then <laughs> why, why wasn't one other team just like, Hey, why don't we just get the shooter that nobody jumps? That would be like the, the ultimate uh, market efficiency. Or if there's even like disputes within teams where the coach was like, no, don't get her. We don't bother jumping her. And the management was like, yeah, well, you should. So we're signing her up. But that'd be a, be a good social experiment to see if we could break some teams up on like basketball beliefs over whether signing you was a good idea or not, which I'm in the camp that it objectively is. Um, so you've had, say you've been light on offers until this year. You again, you don't have to give us anything concrete on this if you don't want to disclose. But were there any competitors to the Landil offer in that you were seriously considering, or was it a case that a few came in and then Landil kind of landed and you were like, that's the one? Uh, no, I had like a couple teams that like a couple in Spain that I really thought about and. Like, even thought about going to France. Oh, really? why not? Was, yeah. Was that because you wanted James to tell you every week that the French League doesn't matter? Yeah. <laughs> no. That was, I that mean, was I thought the about... first step in Rose's plan to distance herself from me as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Call it the Mendel. The Mendel. Oh, <laughs> <Stop>. no. <laughs> what a delightful human again. Yeah, yeah but I just... Just thought, I mean, like I said, you don't say no to Londo. Sure. <laughs> but I definitely thought, and but also I wanted to live in a different country. So, yeah, live in a different country, play in a different league and stuff. But yeah, fair enough. I was going to transition we'll there and then my brain just stopped working for a second. Well, the transition, the transition was right there because the next bullet point we've got is thoughts on moving from the Spanish league to the German league. Yeah, no, I had that set up, but then my brain just stopped working. It was really weird. Uh, it's kind of, I was thinking when you were talking about teams not jumping me or not, like over the Spanish league, it took like an entire season for teams to not leave me just, I mean, completely wide open. Yeah. That I wonder if once I go to Germany, if it's going to, the same effect is going to happen or if, uh, Aaron Young has established that you should jump females over there. 
yeah so that that's a fair point maybe that could be your career path from now on just your your first season in every new league you move to your shooting numbers are like way 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 up and then the rest of the years there it was like oh yeah they figured out after one year that they needed to defend her but yeah Aaron I think Aaron had we talked about it on one of the roundups she had 26 against Thuringen one game mid-season so if she hasn't set the standard I don't really know what will but it'll be cool to for you to be in a league where you're not the only female shooter who needs to be respected yeah, I'm really excited for that. There's a, like, I think in the German league, there's more females. I'll even have like a USA teammate over there with Josie DeHart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm excited for that, like having more women around. I mean, and like Janet is going to be my coach. I'm excited to have a female coach, see what that's like. Cause I don't think I've ever had a female coach aside from Steph Wheeler for Team USA. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I've not thought of that, but that's a that's a good little connection. Is that something that sold you on Landil as an extra sweetener, I guess? Uh no, not necessarily. I think like not Janet being a female, but Janet being like who she is as a coach. Like I wouldn't ever put more like uh I wouldn't like ever favor a coach just because they're male or female. But the fact that Janet is such an established basketball player, I mean, I grew up watching her just dominate the women's league. Yeah. Like knowing her as a person, talking to her, learning about how she sees the game. I think like her as a coach definitely sure. swayed me a bit, but not because she's a female, just because she's an, an intelligent basketball player and mind. Yeah. yeah. Have you, like, looking at moving from the Spanish League to the German League, have you noticed any sort of general differences between styles of play? Like, I don't mean between Gran Canaria and Landil, because <laughs> I think that's fairly obvious. But, like, looking at the two leagues in general, is there something about how teams in general play in Germany that you're excited about getting involved in? I have no idea because I hate watching basketball games on Deutschland TV. Aside <laughs> from <Lord. YouTube. laughs> I can recite, I can recite advertisements for like German water bottle brands so well, and I hate it. Well, you, you say that, but I, has this ever happened to you guys, where you watch the Spanish league games on YouTube and the default? um advert that seems to drop in is a spanish spoken advert for an indian dating app and it's like what yeah, so <laughs> yes has that happened to you yeah i just wondered what like what part of the things that i watch on yeah this made youtube be like spanish indian dating website <laughs> but the fact that it's coming to you in england is hilarious so i thought it was like geo located and also age related but Insane. Yeah, bizarre. it's not like a dating website. I swear it's like an arranged marriage. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it is actually right. I'll try and find a link while we're talking. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the German streaming thing is like 
everyone's so furious about it and it's like hey it's just a video playing website the same as youtube it's just a different link to what youtube is (laughs) it's not because you can't skip back and forward 10 seconds with the arrows or tapping on your screen so if you miss a play you try and click back and you either go eight minutes back or you actually go forwards for some reason like it's it's clunky rose are you worried that your first like video watching team <laughs> session in Landil, they're gonna load up Sport Deutschland TV and you're gonna be like, Nope, I'm out. I did not I'm out. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm assuming, knowing how Landil is, that they're gonna have like legit video cutting apps and it's gonna be like here Grand Canaria Honai with his little videos on WhatsApp. <laughs> I do not miss that. <laughs> It's just like, it'll be like three minutes before we train for the first time in a week. And it'll be like, and I have sent these plus 45 more videos. And you'll get, to tra- you'll get to training that starts in three minutes. And you'll be like, did you watch them? you be like, well, I physically didn't have time. No, I'll watch them I right not. now if you want me to go away and watch them. But like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, um. Yeah, Landil's obviously like, I think everyone who's come on here has talked about how watching video as like a group activity is pretty core to what they do and like defining how they're going to play and stuff. But in in terms of, terms of Landil's style of play, Rose, how do you see yourself fitting into that? Like maybe as compared to your role at Gran Canaria, do you see it being similar or do you think there's going to be some differences given the different personnel that you're around? Um, I guess I optimistically, I always just think that like I'll find my way to integrating my role into every team. Maybe that won't happen there, but I think my role will stay somewhat similar. And if not, it'll be fun to adapt. But I guess these things I haven't thought that much about (laughs) Oh, well, that, yeah, that's, that's something that they've spoken to you about at all. Did they did they speak to you about like, hey, Rose, we've seen how you're playing in here. And obviously how we've been watching you play for X amount of years. We like what you do. We think this could fit into how we play. Or was it just like, hey, Rose, do you want to come live in Germany? Yeah, I think it was more like, hey, Rose, do you want to be able to drink the tap water? I was like, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Wow! Imagine if, that was, if that's any club sales pitch, then that is hilarious. Wouldn't be surprised if it was Grand Canary. That <laughs> <laughs> this is coming to mind only because last night I like left my apartment for one thing to go get water, and I didn't get water. And here on Grand Canary, you cannot drink the tap water, so I do not have any water. Oh right. What, so I, I was thinking about this. What happens if you drink the tap water? It's just desalcerized, so it dehydrates you. Okay. That's the exact opposite intended effect of water. Fair enough. You can but, get really yeah. sick if you do it for a long time. Like if you do it consistently, you just get like real sick. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, hopefully that doesn't happen in Landil. And if it does, probably don't give that away because yeah, the most professional club in the world can't be offering people tap water that that, that is going to make. But in, in terms of 
you say it was kind of a sales pitch. I guess Landale don't need to sell themselves to anybody is probably what we're we're uncovering. They don't need to be like, hey, wouldn't it, wouldn't we be great for you? Because I think most players would agree to that straight off the bat. But do you have you spoken to any players kind of who are currently at Landale or have been at Landale? Obviously, there's been a fair number of USA affiliated guys um, who've been Landale affiliated through the years. Have you spoken to anyone there and kind of got a feel for what the club's like in the day-to-day sense, or are you going in blind and making friends along the way? Uh, definitely going in blind, making friends along the way. <laughs> I think it happened so quickly, and I I had definitely the mindset. I think they like gave me an offer, and the next day I was like, yeah, all right. They oh, sent right. me my contract. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh man, that was pretty quick. That was fast. You're an incredibly trusting person. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. <laughs> this is you haven't sure. realized that the message is from an email address that's like someone.someone <laughs> at danlil.com. <laughs> <laughs> You've been bamboozled. <laughs> man, I know until the media review comes out, maybe the media like uh announcement will never come and we'll all just sit and you guys will just hold this podcast forever <laughs> you'll be like rose <laughs> now we're gonna like dub over the team and like pick the actual team that you go to no this is not gonna happen yeah. that, it's fine. that would be mental imagine how long we could be sat on this episode for and be like should we just like if we got a slow day <laughs> being like should we just mid-season drop a rose holloman to landill fake podcast and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> okay that would be chaos. That's Nothing like here in Grand Canaria when we always joke about start like trying to start rumors mid-season about transfers. Yeah, we had that idea last year that we were like the way news travels really fast in wheelchair basketball. If you were like, I heard this guy's going to this team, but like it is insane. Like every time that someone's like, I heard this, I always want to know where it's come from. Not because I don't trust it, just because I genuinely am super interested in like the sort of connective tissue between the news and wheelchair basketball. Like I had heard someone had told me, it was like, I heard this team and this team are talking to you. And I was like, neither of these things has happened. <laughs> one, of them, one of them ended up happening, but I was like, like that's a thing consistently where people hear about stuff of, of that before I do. And I'm like, well, hey. maybe it's like the reverse cause and effect. So maybe one of the teams that you're talking about heard that they were talking to you and were like, oh, that actually sounds like a pretty good idea. <laughs> we should yeah. get it. <laughs> if the team, okay. team's decision-making is based on rumors. Okay. Got right. Next question we have for you was sent in by Mendel. Mendy. It is, is there someone you're particularly excited to play with or against? Hmm. I mean, against, I'm really excited to play against Erin Young again on like a men's platform. I played against her in college. I get to play against her with Team USA. Excited to like have a different league and opportunity to play against her in the German league, mostly because I think she's a freaking baller and it's always fun to see girls beating up on boys. For sure. And to play with. I mean, I'm mostly excited to play for Janet. I think like Simon Brown will be fun to play with. He's the best. He's great. He always has like a highlight 
finishing a layup. Yeah. Meal. The one that I mean, he's the one in their final game of the season that it was like no look, but didn't count. I was like, this is cool. Real points don't stand, but the style points are forever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a nice person. Oh, he's so nice. He's the best. Good, great teammate. Yeah. Great teammate. I though. have this information strictly from you. Yeah, it's fine. When have I ever let you down, Rose? Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. Only the years playing on the block for her. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really let them down when I made a foray away from the block. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any goals for this upcoming season with Landil, or is it go over there, see how it goes? I guess that doesn't go in the in the team like Land in a team like Landil. I guess you have to have goals, and the goal has to be win everything. Yeah. I mean, definitely want to win some stuff. I'm excited to like almost guarantee, I mean, play, be able to play to go to Champions Cup. Sure. I mean, that's going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, but, and in terms of, because we had Brian on recently, which the episode will be coming out, um, I think, next week. But Brian kind of talks a little bit about the the Landil and Thuringen rivalry that's been seemingly building up every year since he was there at least and doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. How are you feeling about throwing yourself into the middle of what's maybe the hottest rivalry in the wheelchair basketball scene in Europe? I think it's fun. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not super competitive like that. Well, I'll probably... Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that that's it. That seems like somebody on Landil is going to take you to a to one side at some point and be like, "Hey, this game matters a great deal." Be <laughs> <laughs> like, you must dislike them in terms of sports rivalry. But no, I think I think that's that's really interesting because I'm kind of there as well. Like, you can really really want to win a basketball game for you and for your teammates without being like adversarial like you can want to win and not have it come from like i really want to beat those guys like i just want to win this basketball game like is that yeah. kind of, is that how you come at things yeah i like winning more than i like beating someone i don't play basketball so that i can beat someone i play basketball so that i can win i'd never thought yeah. of it like that in my entire life <laughs> no but i i agree with like there's a really weird thing and it's like playing for Bilbao, there's a lot of like booping and fist pumping and like, like, Hey, for these 40 minutes, like we're getting I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm going to do what I can to win a basketball game, but I'm also not going to be terrible about it. Like Bilbao have two sets of enemies in every game, but it's the opposing team and the refs. So maybe they're not. The refs. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although the refs in, in, in our defense, the refs are bad all the time. No, the refs have a very hard time and I think are struggling to keep up. I think that's probably fair. Be, be interesting when you've been in Germany for a little while, Rose, it'd be interesting to get you back in here and see how the German and Spanish league refereeing compares. Because I think the Spanish league is, you guys might disagree with me here, I think the Spanish league is the most complaining at refs league in the world. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's... I don't understand complaining at refs. I, I understand being like, hey, I'm going to have a word here because the standard is poor sometimes. But I don't know. Like, 
complaining a lot, I'm a bit like, hey, they're not going to change their mind. They should. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm also interested to see if I have the effect of like when I go from the Spanish league back over to the women's league, like at some point in a game, I'll just foot plate someone super hard and then get a ref will be like, like you can't get out of here. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get thrown out for like a no call in the Spanish league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for sure, the women's like, especially because they're all, I go from being one of the smaller people. Not smaller, but on the smaller size yeah. on yep. the court in the yep. Spanish league to the biggest person in the women's league and just foot play one smaller than me. Like, I'm not used to seeing that reaction from yeah. the person I foot play. Normally, it's someone <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it does. Also, that like... looks down and giggles at me. <laughs> I guess that does come into it a bit where you have to ref, where like if a certain amount of contact in one game doesn't move someone's chair but in a different game it just blows them up yeah like, you definitely have to wrap that to, differently yeah you for sure have to moderate that fair enough yeah okay shall we hit questions all right uh question one for well question four at this point three <laughs> um good 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 counting james for mayaka is will you make some breakfast ta- will you make me some breakfast tacos tell her oh, no because you don't live where she lives she can come visit me whenever she wants and I'll make her breakfast tacos. She's going to take you up on that. Yeah, she, next time <laughs> we have you on, Rose, it's going to be you and your new roommates, Ayaka and her children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right, next one from Neil Pratt, who said, I met Aww. Rose briefly at Copa del Rey and she is lovely. Are Rose's family as nice as she is? Even nicer. Well, yeah, that's not difficult. It We're from Minnesota. How dare you? James is a long list of people that he likes more than that he finds to be nicer than me from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. To be fair, Ro- Rose's entire family was one of the entries on that list, I think. Yeah. Mark, yes. you haven't heard this. So I brought the list to Copa del Rey to give to Rose <laughs> and didn't know what to do with it. So the night, the Saturday night before we played them in the final on Sunday, I slid it under her hotel room door and just left. So she just found it at like midnight the night before the final. And it wasn't meant to be like mind <laughs> I just think I'm really funny. But I like, I got, I got uh, Anna to ask Ari what room Rose was in. And Ari went and found out and told me, but he told me Rose wasn't there. So I went to like slip that under the door when she wasn't there, but you were actually just in bed. In my room. Oh yeah. That, that, that goes from being like harmless prank to psychological warfare. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, I did it and I was like, Oh God, I hope no one thinks I'm like trying to get the edge because I'm just being stupid. (laughs) I was actually the opposite. I was like, Oh, James gave me a good luck present. That was so (laughs) nice of him. Oh, it, it, it didn't work. All right, next question. Um, what's one rule you'd like to see added to wheelchair basketball? Either very serious or very stupid. One rule added to wheelchair basketball. 
In light of recent events, I'd like it to be you can't throw someone out for complaining about you being bad at refereeing. If it's true, no. Not one comment, one comment cannot get you thrown out of a wheelchair yeah. basketball game. One complaint isn't two technicals. Still. Uh, hmm. <laughs> It'd be fun to do hockey subs. Like every every two and a half minutes, you have to hockey sub. Full lineups. Oh, that's fun. The, there's definitely teams that can't do that without getting a technical for being over points when they bring their bench in. Or that will have two people on the bench, yeah. like on the floor when that happens. Yeah, well, yeah, it would definitely decrease the amount of teams in the league. Like, you got to have 10 good players. Well, what can you still run hockey subs even if you... Because who was it who was at Champions Cup with, like, six guys? Was like, uh, we were there with not many more. We had seven. Yeah, I was th- thinking of you guys. If you had to hockey sub and you had to pull your entire starters and just roll two bench guys out for like two minutes and be like, all right, us, us pulling our starters out to roll out me and Mariana Perez would be awful. <laughs> We'd be playing to <laughs> one and a half points. <laughs> I, I'm all for this rule. I, th- I think you're on seven. Okay. The full, I mean, it has to be full lineup changes. Yeah, sure. Rose, here is a question that's related to my answer to this rule. If you had to play 14 points on court, but it could be as many players as you wanted it to be, what is the optimal amount? Is it 14 ones or is it like four, four, Ooh. six ones? So if you could like give me 14, like if I could play like 14 Yonics, like but exactly Yonic. Yeah. yeah. I that, mean, that, this would be that would be fine. But does it still work? Like I, I don't know if there's a like if that's too I many. Think there's like like how many chair lengths, how many chairs does it take to like line the court? Not 14, definitely less than 14. So you're good for that. I yeah, you say. can use like 10 of the Yonics to line the court and then the other four playing offense. <laughs> sure. They can't score. My, my, my theory, I quite like the idea of 14 ones, but my theory is that ones play with little enough responsibility that you couldn't roll 14 of them out and expect anyone to like be like, right, I'll be the ball handler or like I'll be on the screen or anything like that. They would just operate like a colony of ants where they just have like one collective mind. <laughs> You're forgetting of a British player that plays for Malaga. <laughs> yeah, if you had 14 ones and it was 13 Yannicks and one Abdi, you'd be fine. You'd win like 100 zero. Good to go. <laughs> well, yeah, but you I, can do I, two Abdi's, two Abdi's. And 12 Yannicks. I, I missed Abdi out because you said ones and not one and a half two players ones. Well, Yannick, what are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. One territory here. Um, but I wonder if you went like four, five, three, five, a two that was like Greg and four ones. Is that better? I, th- I think all of these work. <laughs> If you have good enough players to do it, I think the beauty of it could be that you could just get 14 ones who aren't very good and just take up the width of the entire court. And you don't have to rely on having 14 clones of Yannick. I know why I should be looking at 
because Yannick is a small chair. I should be looking for class ones that have big chairs <laughs> for my line. But it'd be interesting <laughs> if you had to, if it was 14, like if you had all the same classification, you had to take like the top 14 ones in the world. So by the time you got down the list, it could get a little bit ropey. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. I, I love that we've asked this question and it's turned from Rose being like hockey style subs to then building a defensive line as if we're talking American football. if you had that many players on court i think you would have to run like american football style plays with like (laughs) five people lined up and someone behind and like people running routes and stuff launch it down court and see what happens all right this makes me think of the french women's team doing their little like uh flying at people yeah mighty ducks at people stupid (laughs) like if you just do a completely random basketball play, does it actually end up working out for you? I saw a team running against that and they defended in a line as well, just to make them be like, that was us. Oh yeah. That was us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was one of, it worked. The lady that was in the front that had the ball just flipped over. (laughs) Amazing. I thought it was like second last had the ball most of the time. Maybe whoever it was that sure, had the yeah. ball ended up just falling over. That's so funny. I would love, I'd love to like, we've had them, like the French junior team did that before. And we were just like, we're just going to sit here. Like, <laughs> fine, go ahead, <laughs> do whatever you want. But yeah. All right. Last question. So um, I have an answer for this in my head for you, Rose, but you might have a different opinion. Best game you've ever played in. Uh, uh, that Madrid game that ended like ninety six to ninety two. That was the one. I was, the one where you guys had all had two weeks off because of COVID, and you'd all been working on offense, and nobody had been working on defense. Is how I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. I feel like a lot of my games against Madrid have always been very fun. Yeah. Very great games. I think the I still remember the Rose Holloman has arrived game is late in the season. I think when James had left you guys halfway through because he was ill, we all watched that game and you had 29 against Illuminion. It was just like, what is happening here? It's like, guys, this will happen if you don't jump the person who's made shots all season. I don't know what you're expecting. Yeah. And Sanchez was gone for that game too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was, yeah. That was you, two Dutch guys, Claudio and David, if I remember correctly. That also, one of my favorite games was definitely, uh, which we ended up losing this game, but in uh, the Bilbao Copa quarter or oh, yeah, quarterfinal. Yeah, game. Oh, that was yeah, only yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. Because it was the only time I think ever in my basketball career where twice in a game I thought about banking a shot instead of swishing it, and I did. And they both went. (laughs) Weird distinction. Um, (laughs) Last thing before you get out of here, Rose. As you know, we've been awarding the belt on a weekly basis based on the games that have been going on in any given weekend. There's not a lot of games on at the moment, so we're going to open up to our guests as to who they would like to award the belt to and why. So you are the first one to get this honor. I wish I would have prepared a speech for this. <laughs> I'm glad I you would did. like. 
<laughs> How do you say Yelmer's last name? <laughs> Van Brunshot, I think. Um, we'll get Mandolin, I don't know. <laughs> he's actually, like to... he's got a name. His real first name is not Yelmer. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I would like to award the belt to Yelmer for his consistency throughout the season of harassing the bench units for including his friends in the harassment and for his self-confidence and the fact that he should in fact be a belt holder. Valid. Well, Yelma's dad will be thrilled. Is this the first time he's going to win the belt? This is the first time he's going to win. I've also, I've never... Well, yeah, being 11 from 19 and beating teams that you should and losing against teams that you shouldn't beat doesn't get the belt, so... (laughs) Rude. It's... This also the first time the belt has been given out and it has nothing to do with basketball. Um, I think Anna won it for putting up with James for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's... That has a lot to do with basketball, putting up with me. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then Anna also nominated Gabby in the episode that James went through his list of baby names. But then I think um, David Murray's had another big game and we were like, sorry, we got to got to stick to the rules here. That's really funny. There are no rules. <laughs> But the um the kicker on the whole Yelma thing, I've been waiting to say this until we found a reason to give Yelma the belt. But like I think you saw, but Yelma's dad got into voting for him for the belt as well. And then there was like a matter of weeks where that happened. And one day Yelma's dad just messaged the bench unit's Instagram account and was like, Look, guys, you should probably give Yelma the belt at some point. I think he really deserves it. <laughs> just oh, like, that's so <laughs> So, That's so sweet. Ever since then, yeah, it's been on the to-do list is to get Yelma the belt somehow. I'm glad that as a fellow Mafia member, I can be the one to award Yelmer the belt. Well, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. I can't wait until he sees this episode. <laughs> He's going to be like, <laughs> oh, Rose Talandil, big deal. In other news, I've got the belt. <laughs> that was like me after winning... Uh, Am I meant to do my soundbite now? Winning the belt meant more to me than winning Euro Cup. Oh yeah, let's do that. Do you want do you want a full minute on this? <laughs> that was the bit. That's that's what you get, Mark. All right, three, two, one, go. No, but okay, that's um this is the soundbite anyway. Us like the whole thing about us making you say this is also in the soundbite. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, Rose, it is always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on and giving us the scoop on your career move and we wish you the best of luck with Landil. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Rose to Landil. You heard it here a second. All right. Thanks guys. (laughs) Right. Cheers everybody. Peace.